Welcome to The Gathering Place, a Blessed is She podcast. We're so glad you're here. Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hey, Beth. Hi, Jenna. Welcome home. Thank you, friend. You keep on traveling. Okay, I've traveled Like a little twice. traveling bird. Oh. <laughs> I don't think birds travel. I just think it's they a, do too. It's they go north and life. south. Oh my goodness, they do. Yeah, forgive me, Beth. I got gotta... your bird agriculture together. <laughs> bird, What's it called? Bird study. I think it's ornithology. Birdology. Okay, mm, ornithology. That is not it. I. <laughs> who can Google it the fastest? Ornithology. Ornithology. Boom. The study of birds. Ornithology. Wow. Yeah, put it. Put Actually, it right here. Jenna, you would be interested to hear. I played a little bird bingo this weekend. <laughs> this is a real. Board Why game. do you think I would be interested to hear that? Beth? Well, since we're talking about <laughs> birds, <laughs> I played bird bingo, and honestly, it was kind of amazing. I was like, I gotta get myself some bird bingo. You have this thing laid out, all these cute, cutie little drawings of birds. You draw the tiles, and you're like, Do I have a bird? You know how bingo works, right? We do. And then, <laughs> anyway, it was so sweet. I played it with um, our friend Blythe. Yeah. Uh, I was visiting her family for the fourth, and she's got nine kiddos. And I was um, there. They are. <laughs> that's not them. I didn't bring them back with me. Sadly, I did not bring any fikes home with me. So sad. But I played a little bird bingo. I lost. So. Anyway, it was so great to be with their family and their friends. And they do this like amazing 4th of July party every year. I'd gone a couple of years ago. So it was good to be back. And they're just so fun. Yeah. So faithful. Mm. It's like really wholesome and really fun. And it's beautiful like at their parties just to see the Lord aligning Mm. conversations and like connecting the right people. Anyway, it was really cool. That's awesome. What was the highlight of your weekend? There were too many to choose from. You know, when I thought about all these things, the thing that they have in common yes. is that they were all spiritual conversations. So it was like a different moment with different people, uh-huh. you know, over dinner or at the party or like life talking to the kids. I don't know. There were there was just this like beauty to the way that conversations unfolded in their family and in friendship and I'm praying with like mm. actively praying with a couple of those conversations where something came up and I was like, "Huh. Like that's an idea for blessed is she. That's something that hits my heart and like I need to pray with that. That was the voice of God speaking to me through mm-hmm. that, you know?" Mm-hmm. Anyway, just beautiful to pay attention to the Lord just in conversation with friends. Yeah. I just think it's so crucial. The only way that you're able to really pay attention or notice those things is if we have a baseline of prayer ourselves. It's so true. Because otherwise, it's just like, oh, that was a cute thought, or I liked that. That My my spiritual director always says that to me. She's like, what do you mean when you say, I like that? She's basically a vocabulary teacher for me. I'm not kidding. First of all, what is a vocabulary teacher? (laughs) She's teaching me new vocabulary words like orthonology. Ornithology. (laughs) You're a horrible teacher, Beth. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. Go a little deeper. Okay. So let me give you an example. We're standing in the kitchen with this. Um, Blythe is introducing me to this friend of theirs, Father Paul. Uh-huh. He is this very holy, very vibrant priest in his 80s. And she invited him okay. to 4th of July. With a bunch of people, hundreds of people. Okay. <laughs> hundreds of children and a lot of parents, <laughs> Got too. It. A lot of people. Just kidding. A lot of people. And father comes, and Blythe had texted him, here are some people that I invited that you know, are kind of exploring Catholicism, people we've been walking what? with. People I want to introduce you to. Okay, well, that's brilliant. These are, quote, the MVPs, Father Paul. I want you to come. And he is like... Such an evangelist. He's like, yeah, I'll come to your 4th of July party. You say he's 80? He's in his 80s. I think he's 83. And he's just a sparkling evangelist. Unbelievably just docile to the Holy Spirit, joyful, cracking jokes. I got to meet this one. He was just at like a boys camp the week before. Uh, This this Hmm. priest is... Got to pray for Father Paul. Yes, all of you. So Father Paul and I are talking. I'm, I'm cutting up a charcuterie board over my shoulder talking to Father Paul. It's very Paul. fancy, Beth. I just get it out of the packet and put it on the thing, like a whole cheese block. Okay, well, I, was, <laughs> I just did barely any more than that. I just cut up said cheese block. That's what was happening. So Father Paul comes in, and Blythe is telling me, this is Father Paul. He's an evangelist. We're so excited he's here to you know, meet these people, and I wanted to introduce you. And she was like, Father Paul... I mean, you're, you're a bit like St. Paul, aren't you? Bit of an evangelist. Sweet. Father Paul takes off his hat. He was wearing like a cowboy hat-ish. What? Not a big one. What's a like cowboy a cowboy hat? <laughs> Is a he cow- a cowboy? No. Like Texas. He's wearing some kind of very dapper hat. Cowboy was dapper. the wrong word. That's like a sailor. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the vocabulary teacher here, okay? He was wearing a very dapper hat and takes off his hat and he says, well... Yes, I I believe I I am a lot like St. Paul. No. Yeah, and begins to talk about like the prophetic nature of names. Again, me cutting cheese for the charcuterie board, listening yeah. with bated breath. Totally. And she says, do you think that's like a normal thing? And he says, you have to embrace it. Mm. You have to embrace it. It's there for you. Like, it's a great mystery why this is your name. Meanwhile, all I'm like, in my ear is like Elizabeth. I have like really fought my name my whole life. I've like prayed and and had a significant healing that the name Elizabeth was like a curse for me. And he was saying it's the exact opposite. Like the Lord knew your life. He gave you certain gifts. You were given a namesake in order to be encouraged and to live a life like with that kind of a charism. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Literally, this conversation was a minute and a half long, and I've been praying about it for three days. Wow. So that's kind of what I mean. And I I hear what you're saying. Like, if I didn't have the history of praying with my name, I don't know that it would have, Mm. like, struck so deeply. Yeah. You know? Well, I just think if you're not on the daily or frequently entering into a space with the Lord— you won't recognize his voice in everyday life. Totally. Yes. Yeah, that time in prayer, that committed daily prayer is like how you're getting connected. And it's the source of every connection throughout the day. Yes. 
It was very beautiful. <clears throat> that conversation has like continued to give me, it's continued to draw me into prayer ever since. Yeah. And I think if I wasn't praying, if I didn't have that history with the Lord and my name, I might have thought, huh, that's a funny thing to say. Yeah. That's kind of an eccentric thing to say. Sure. Kind of a religious thing to say. But no, if you're like synced up, you can like feel the Holy Spirit on something like that. Yes. And it's so good to be steeped in those kind of spiritual conversations. Totally. It's such a gift. Mm-hmm. We went on a trip with my family. And Mike and I have kind of been like in our same like routine that mm. we've been in for yeah. quite a while. We got a new warehouse, so he was really busy at the warehouse. And just like our family and friend life has been a little bit in upheaval right now. So we went on this trip with my family, and Mike was just sitting there. We would come home at the end of the evening, and he would just say to me, I just want to talk to someone about the Lord. Mm. I just want to talk to our friends and be with our people and talk about the Lord. And I just think it's so beautiful that you had that experience where, again, not only are you attuned to it, attuned to God's voice in everyday life, but you're, you were around people who are seeking him, who are mm-hmm. seeking his face in their everyday lives, in their own prayer lives. I mean, we all fall. We all are going to struggle. But I just think there's something so beautiful about friendships and family relationships, about marriages, mm-hmm. where what you're talking about is our Lord, which is so foundational and all-encompassing and high. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's like everything. Yeah. And there is a definite shift in my own soul, in my own life, when I'm around people who are talking about the Lord, who are seeking his face, as opposed to, you know, talking about sports. <laughs> sports. Yeah, we talked about a lot of sports. And I love talking about sports. Totally. You know? Me too. No, you don't, Beth. <laughs> but I actually love sports. And yeah, it's different. Mike and me talking about the Suns being in the playoffs Against the Bucks, Mike and I talking about the Suns being in the playoffs against the Bucks is not nearly as edifying, as communal, as satisfying. beautiful, as satisfying as Mike and me talking about our hour-long prayer time. Yeah, it's that that transformational dimension, and it's not it's not contrived, as you said. It's it's the overflow of your personal prayer lives. But it is a real poverty when you have that prayer life, when not only you have that prayer life, but if you're seeking the Lord or or reading things and you don't have anyone to talk to about it, there's a real ache and frustration there to not be able to talk about it. That's true about any good book we're reading, right? I get to the end of the book and I'm like, can somebody read this book so I can talk to you about it? It's the same with the Lord. When we're being transformed, we want to process that and share it. It's just what we've been talking about all season long about evangelization really just being the overflow of our prayer. And I think one expression of that overflow is spiritual conversations, which happen in in just good friendship. Yeah. Well, it's so funny. You can be in conversations for hours with someone and never actually talk about the Lord. And I think we've mentioned that before where it's like, just mention the name of Jesus. Mm Mm-hmm. That was a Father Mark Mary tip, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I just think, again, just like listening to where the Lord wants you to mention him. Where, Lord, do you, 
do you want in on this conversation? Yes. And again, I think it's like a matter of us tuning our ears to him mm-hmm. in our own personal prayer time. Mm-hmm. When you said you can talk for hours, I was thinking how many times I've been in conversations or social situations where we are chatting for hours, but we're just like flitting on the surface, you know? Yeah. And a spiritual conversation like takes that deep dive and like anchors a conversation and really opens up a space for more vulnerability or for me to be enlightened or illuminated by the Holy Spirit or to, you know, introduce even a question to someone else. I remember being in a women's group for like seven years and we tried multiple times to do different studies or to do different religious things to really get our group kind of praying together. We watched that fire documentary with the president of Steubenville, Franciscan. Wild go- we watched Wild Goose. We tried all these things. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the Wild Goose is loose. That's their tagline. The Goose is loose. <laughs> wild Goose is loose. Wild Let goose. the Goose loose. Father, Father Dave Pavanka, <clears throat> the Wild Goose series. Again, this is a little small bird. I don't little? know what I'm doing. <laughs> Another bird reference. <laughs> I, this is really exciting. Anyway, we tried all of these things, and you know, it just didn't click. Eventually, we, praise God, were introduced to a different small group, a new small group. Mm. And in that small group, I remember saying, I think like the first meeting, what's going on in prayer? I just asked one person. Yeah. And that was like all that we needed. What's going on in prayer? Which then that person opened up, shared what was happening and then said, what about you, Beth? What's going on in prayer with you? And that was it. Yeah. Often. Who knew? Often running. But you have to be praying to have, totally. some, to have something to share, totally. which right now, if I were to be asked, it would be a struggle bus. Well, and I think it's, I think it's good to say that for totally. one, like the accountability of saying like, actually, I'm just not really praying. Like it's important. Let's acknowledge that. Let's bring somebody into that. Yes. Shine a light on it. And then there's, there's maybe like an impetus for change there because mm-hmm. now I have to be honest with myself that I'm not really praying, yes. you know, but I think spiritual conversations don't have to just be like, although that is my favorite question to ask people, how's it going with the Lord? Yeah. They're like, what? (laughs) But you think they can be a different way too. Yeah. I think just talking about like our faith is a spiritual conversation, something Mm. you were reading or, you know, Father Paul in the kitchen didn't say to me, I was praying with St. Paul and reading his epistles and the Lord like revealed to me that I'm like him, but understanding that his name was prophetic over his life and his mission was the fruit of prayer Mm -hmm. without it being explicitly like that is what came up in prayer. Yeah. Does that make sense? Without the pointed question. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you get there, Father Paul? Tell me all about your prayer. Yeah. Just yesterday I was at a friend's birthday party and someone was asking me what I had read recently. And I had read, well, I had forgotten, but thankfully Kelsey was there and remembered (laughs) because I forget everything. And she was like, didn't you just read that trilogy that you loved? I was like, yeah. Thanks, Kel. I did love that trilogy by Stephanie Lansom. The Living Water series. Thank you, Beth. Anyway, I just think even sharing something like that, where it was biblical fiction. Yeah. She said, is that like romance, biblical fiction? I said, no. No. <laughs> just sharing about that book and talking about it and talking about my own 
experience reading it, what it did lead me to in prayer was Mm. so beautiful. And she didn't specifically ask me what I was praying about. Yeah, what you're reading, what's going on in prayer, how is mass? You know, just like simple things can open up. Mm -hmm. When's the last time you went to confession? Ooh, wow. (laughs) I always think about this, this thing, Father Parks. He loves to like share little bits, you know, tidbits. He's like a fact machine. He really is. He really, he reads things in order to not only retain them, to, but to be able to teach them. It's, it's such a gift. He's always sharing this fascinating statistic that um, of all the things that faithful Catholic families do that ensure that their children grow up to be faithful, practicing Catholics, he's like, what, what do you think that one thing is? Rosary. I thought rosary. Mass. Weekly mass attendance. I would have, I might have also guessed the dad goes to mass. Like the mm, dad is yes. like setting the example. Mm-hmm. Veiling. No, that didn't come up. The number one indicator. Divine Mercy Chaplet. No, Jenna, are you just. Our father. You know the answer. <laughs> just, just spitting out what I think you might be what guessing. What do you guys think it might be? Like if you had to guess what's, what's the one thing that you can do as a family that has statistically reaped the result of practicing faithful Catholic adult children? The answer is spiritual conversations. That you're just like talking about the faith, talking about the Lord, talking about what's going on in prayer, talking about the saint who's perked up your interest or what book you're reading, talking about spiritual direction, having other people over who have faith and who also talk in that way. Your kids seeing you pray. Totally. Yeah, just being like steeped in conversation is about the Lord, about like wholesome, virtuous things like prayer, like the church, like the saints. That's the best indication that your children will grow up. The sacraments. Yeah. That's the best indication that your children will grow up to be faithful, practicing adult Catholics. Isn't that crazy? So crazy. The thing about spiritual conversations is it's not a one-time thing. You know what I mean? I think sometimes we want this like checklist. We want to like, let me do this thing to ensure this. But no, it's like a lifestyle of just being with the Lord, being in prayer. Again, it's the overflow of just of your interior life and the culture of your family then becomes your faith. Totally. Isn't that cool? I liked that you said that earlier, even I think it was freeing because I do have a daughter who questions a lot of the faith and does just like love apologetics and that sort of thing. And so the answers I give her never quite seem like enough. Mm. And earlier today, you had said to someone on Q&A that one conversation is not going to be the end all be all of your child's faith journey Mm. or a friend's faith journey. And it was just really freeing to remember, firstly, that the Lord is alive mm. and that he's working in their lives and that we are a vessel for him, but we are not him. Mm. We can't work a miracle and change someone's life and make them follow him. And Yeah, the best arguments, the best research or evidence is not going to convince someone. Yeah. It's up to the Lord. Right. And so... It's just freeing to, to remember that, okay, maybe this conversation, I didn't have all of the answers for her, but I'll have another conversation. Yes. We'll talk later today, multiple times today. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, that, that it is just a part of our culture as our family mm-hmm. is talking about him, praying, talking about what he's doing in the world. Right now, she's really into homesteading, wants to grow a garden. So what? I could talk about that. Me too. Oh, great. You could do it with her. I would love to. I, I mean, when I think back on this weekend at Blythe's, one of the most beautiful parts for me was she had just picked up these like different herbs, little potted herbs, and they have like a little kitchen garden. And we we're just out there with the kids, digging in the dirt, cool. planting, cutting little succulents to make like potted centerpieces on the picnic tables. And there was something like, that wasn't about the Lord, but it was totally about the mm. Lord. It was with the Lord and like to be like connected to the earth and to the way things grow and to your food. I don't know. When you're in it with the Lord, as you're saying, everything is spiritual. Yeah. He's in everything. That's the that's the goal of the spiritual life actually is this unitive way where we're just one with the Lord in everything that we do, in every conversation, at every stage of life. Yeah. So I'm, I'm here for a garden. I would love to do that with her. It was so cool to look around and just see those little potted plants on tables and people like sitting around. Oh, it was like her centerpieces? Just at the picnic table oh, area. Cute. There were different zones, if you will. We kept wow. saying, here will be, this will be like the drink zone. It was very fun. I've never heard that. Life is very intentional about parties. Okay. It's like an apostolate. It's so crazy, but they just have kind of a mission mindset about their life. Yeah. And they want to not just throw a good party for the sake of a good time, but to make space mm. for spiritual conversations, to like forge holy friendships, to invite people into community. It's so generous and intentional. And different, I think, than the way we approach kind of our normal everyday life. We think over here are our spiritual things. Yes. Over here is our faith. And then over here, we've got to do this extended family 4th of July party. And But like Blythe and Kirby are inviting neighbors on their street to just come in and to be surrounded by other faithful people. Just living this life of joy and family and... They're not like handing out Bibles. They have a mission mindset about the 4th of July. (laughs) They have a mission mindset about playing basketball on Saturday mornings with dads in the neighborhood. Can I tell you my struggle? Yeah. I think for a long time, I thought it was just, you know, prayer and community. Even Mm. those are kind of separated. Mm. Community life is like, yeah, there's a lot of really good families at this church and we get together and... I don't know. We're just always around each other and we're faithful and we all are wholesome. And I think I thought this is what is community. And I think I'm realizing that that wasn't, I always knew there was something more I wanted. Didn't Mm -hmm. know how to get there or what that looked like, but just being around people wasn't enough. Mm. But you're saying there was something deeper. Well, there was an intentionality to it. I mean, Blythe, during the day is like praying Mm. for divine appointments, like praying that the right people connect. And in some ways she's saying, Father Paul, I want you to meet so-and-so. But I knew some people's story that I had met, you know, previous year. And I saw them connect with just the right people. And it was like mind blowing to see the Holy Spirit sinking people up. It's like a mission field for her. Totally, totally. I really like the term party apostolate. Like, I think she has a party apostolate. Did you coin it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
They kept calling Kirby playing basketball his basketball apostolate. Yeah. And I'm like, you have a party apostolate. That's hilarious. Yeah, so it's not enough just to gather. Yeah. If it's not infused with prayer and intentionality. Yeah. We used to have family dinners every week. Yeah. And it was just like us opening up our door and inviting people in. But I wasn't praying all day for anything to happen. Mm-hmm. That was the missing link. I'm being serious. Yeah. Like intentionality, saying, Lord, this is for you, which I did, but it was a lot for me too. It was a lot of like, I just want to be around people. I love like having people over and yeah. hosting and. Well, I can fall into it too. When I'm at something like that, there are people that I want to talk to, sure. but they're usually the people that I already talk to all the time. Yeah. So to be like more on mission, just in my normal life, in my normal community, to like see who's, it's easy to do at a Blessed Issue retreat to look around and see like who's not with somebody, you know? Yes. But somehow we think we're going off the mission field. Yeah. At a family barbecue. Yeah. You know? I remember having a conversation with a friend. His name's Todd. And he was talking about and sharing about the difference between preferential friendships and intentional friendships. Mm. So yeah, I prefer to just talk to Beth for three hours at my party. Thanks, friend. But I don't... (laughs) Me too. I need to get the party apostolate mindset and go look for the person who's sitting by themselves and be intentional. Or not even just by themselves, but be intentional about saying, what are you up to these days? Just a little blithe wisdom. She was like, she asked the Lord for docility to know when to like press into a conversation, you know, so that she wasn't just kind of going about hosting, like Mm. moving, like working the room, making sure everybody was having a good time. It was more about like, who do you want me, Lord, to be really present to tonight? Wow. Like I came out at one point and she's like sitting on the grass with like the dog under her arm talking to somebody. And I was like, this is like, it's just not, the normal like hostess vibe, even that I have seen of life, like being so wonderful, making everybody feel at home. But she was like very keyed in mm. on one person. Yeah. It was really cool. That's awesome. Intentionality can turn everyday life into mission. Yeah. We don't have to go into full-time missions. We don't have to work in ministry. We don't have to have an obvious line of work that is like mission. No, your mission is your family, your neighborhood, your, your social circle, your friend group. Your church community. Mm-hmm. We have a tendency to think about going to church and like everybody there is on the same page and mm. like we can just kind of plug in and get fed and leave. But like even the people in our churches, people in the pews are like dying for friends. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Want to go deeper, but don't know how. Don't know they want to go deeper and wouldn't know how, you know? I remember one of our very first Blessed Issue workshops for members. Mm -hmm. Bonnie Ingstrom gave it. It was called Intentional, Building Intentional Community. Mm. I loved it. Mm -hmm. And I remember her saying that she chased a girl down in the parking lot and like asked to be her friend. She's good at that. She's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, it just made me think of it. I can be so selfish in relationships Mm -hmm. that's my default posture like who am I comfortable with what relationship is going to be reciprocal what I just want to be with people I can rest with and be myself I've said these things to you even recently Mm -hmm. and that is true but I I think kind of modern 
culture and even pop psychology would say like, don't be in relationship with people who aren't like you or that relationships that aren't reciprocal. But if we have a mission mindset about friendship, a mission mindset about community, that it's actually not all about me. It's all about Jesus. And he want, he is all about this person at the 4th of July party. Yeah. When I would rather be talking to my best friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's a real, we talk about something like spiritual motherhood and it's like, what, what is that kind of abstract? But I think that's a very practical way to experience spiritual maternity is just to to give in conversation it's not maybe what you want to talk about but you're just like present to the lord listening to the lord listening to the person and trying to be sensitive to what the lord is saying to that person mm-hmm. how you can kind of introduce the lord into the conversation yeah instead of just like get me out of here which i can do you know mm-hmm. interiorly yeah Something I've loved about Blessed Is She from the very beginning is that we introduced this thing called Blessed Brunches. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of them, Beth? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you attended? Yes. How many? A handful. Oh, that's more than me. <laughs> A handful. <laughs> I don't think I've hosted one, but I've attended. Okay, so Blessed Brunch. Tell the people who don't know. So Blessed Brunch is just where you open up your door as a hostess and you just let people into your life. So cool. And you don't have to do anything other than provide coffee and orange juice. If you do it as a brunch, you can do it as a dinner, Mm -hmm. happy hour, lunch, breakfast. But if you want to do it with how we have in our blessed brunch hostess guide, you would just provide drinks. And then each woman signs up to bring a potluck meal Mm -hmm. and you just open up your door. I like to say you open up the door of your house and the door of your heart. I love that. To other women. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just so special to me because I think it exemplifies prayer and community so beautifully. Yeah. But I think it brings in that thing that I was missing for years, which was the selfishness of like wanting community for myself, not really looking at it for the Lord or um, looking at it in terms of um, my life, like being for him. It was just like, I need community. I need friends. Totally. My kids need friends. Yeah. Not what is what does the Lord want to do in this friendship and how does he want to encourage this person? Right. Yeah. I was mostly just thinking of it for myself. Sure. Yes. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is fine. The Lord purifies our desires as we go along. Amen. And he has, and he will continue to do so. <laughs> anyway, but a blessed brunch, when we give you that hostess guide, there's a prayer in it and we provide one of my favorite parts, which is conversation cards, mm-hmm. which Beth wrote thankfully. Hey-o. And they're just little questions to ask at the Blessed Brunch. So you, like we give you a PDF of them. You could cut them out, put them as little placeholders at everyone's seat, and then you could just make conversation. And so it eases this burden of saying to yourself, how do I bring up the Lord? Or how do I talk about my own prayer and open up the door for other people to talk about their prayer? We give you the resources to do it, which is my favorite. The beautiful thing too, I think about a blessed brunch, for the most part, the women who are coming have similar desires. They want prayer and community. You kind of already know everybody's on the same page. And now we're going to even give you a little prompt, a little script to help you open up the conversation from just, you know, surface level, getting to know you, to maybe finding common interests, to now some deeper and more transforming questions 
more revealing questions about our heart, about our prayer. And that's where I think real holy friendship can be forged. Totally. Can be found. Yeah. And I think it does move beyond the preferential into the intentional. Mm-hmm. I think one of the categories is even intentional. Oh, cool. The first one is invitational, intentional. There's three sets. Really? Yeah. What's the third one? I'll take the credit. Investigative. Just kidding. (laughs) I want to look. Yeah, let's give a sample. Ooh. We'll pretend like we're at a brunch. I would love to. Invitational, intentional, intimate. I should have guessed that. Okay, I'll do invitational. Okay. No, let's do intimate. You know, Beth likes to go deep, guys. All right. Beth, do you find it challenging to share vulnerably with others? Why or why not? Yeah, sure. Safety is a really high value for me. Wow. Yeah, I'm learning this about myself, that if I don't feel safe, I can almost physically feel the walls of like self-protection come up. And I've started noticing that in conversation. Even when someone like asked me about the Lord, there's almost this like testing in me of like, are you a safe person? Can you receive, like how much can I share, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And that has actually led me to noticing that same movement in prayer that when something comes up and I'm uncomfortable, I notice those same, like that same self-protective reflex. And I kind of have to like have the Lord remind me again that I'm safe with him, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. I think vulnerability is hard. It's hard. I want to be you know, as the scripture says, I want to be naked without shame in my whole, in every area of my life. Mm. I want to be like totally transparent, but like I have very real wounds and my trust has been broken. And, and honestly, some people aren't ready for that kind of a thing. So there's some wisdom in that, I think too. It's probably not what you were going for. But that was, that's okay, great. great. It's very vulnerable of me. <laughs> what about you? Oh, can I ask you a different one? Yeah. Unless you really liked that one I and you like had your answer I didn't. ready to go. Question. How do you feel most connected to God? I feel most connected to God when I'm floating in the Dead Sea. Imaginatively. Yes. Yeah. That's so cool. You know, I think about that all the time. Do you? Yeah, that's the spiritual conversation that has really like shaped and blessed my prayer. And my relationship with the Lord. Because when you share about that experience of like weightlessness and trust and the water rising and feeling like dry and dehydrated and then the Lord kind of being that water sustaining and reviving you, like that really speaks to me and has helped me to pray. Well, this is just one example, two examples of two of the 12 questions you get in the conversation cards when you sign up to host a brunch. It's more than that. I think there were like eight on that and there are three sets of them. 24. A lot of questions. Lots of questions. I don't know the math, but yeah, I think especially if if you're nervous about talking to people that you've never met or even just like host a brunch to kind of get your, I don't know, open yourself up to spiritual conversations and stepping outside of yourself and, You're talking about something other than the Suns and the Bucks game, which is all I want to talk about, too. Just kidding. I, like, only want to talk about the Lord. But it is very fun to talk about the Suns and the Bucks. (laughs) But if you want to, like, warm up to that and have more intentional 
spiritual conversations, friendships, go deeper with the friendships that you have now. We just want to invite you to host a brunch. Yeah. Invite friends, put it in the bulletin, share it in our Facebook group, text people. We put it on our website. Yeah, we'll help. We'll help you. Yeah. This feels like a good sending. I think what I love is that holy friendships have radically changed my life. Mm. And so my biggest desire is that other women would find holy friends. Yes. And build holy friendships, cultivate. Mm-hmm. Water them. Got to get the gardening stuff in. Nurture. Nurture them. Do you have a bird reference you want to also work in? <sighs> no. <laughs> Tried. Should we pray? Let's do it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, we love you. We praise you and thank you for the gift of these holy conversations. Thank you, Lord, for the women who enter into these conversations with us every week, mm-hmm. who from right where they are are sharing their hearts with you mm-hmm. and back with us in spirit, Lord. We thank you for the gift of Blessed Is She, for the way that it's deepened and expanded our prayer and community. And we ask that you would do it again, Lord. We ask for more, uh, more of you in prayer, more of you in friendship, purify our friendship, increase our intimacy with you in prayer, God. We ask you to bless each and every woman that this conversation would come off of their devices and into their hearts and Mm. and into their lives, into their friendships. We pray for new friends. We pray for community, a sense of belonging, and we pray for a sense of mission, God, Mm. in friendship, a sense of mission in community. Help us to get our minds off of ourselves and our needs and onto you, Lord, not even onto others, but onto you so that we would bring you everywhere that we go. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Thanks, Beth. Thank you, Jenna. What a ride it's been. Thanks for another great season. I'm thinking right now, if somebody like stops listening when we start praying, they're not going to know this was our last episode. But I feel like it's a, it's a good way to end it, to invite you all to do what we're doing right here but to do it over coffee with a girlfriend yeah you can get that brunch guide just type blessed brunch in the search bar on blessed Ushi. you'll find it i promise get those conversation cards make a new friend cultivate some old friendships fly away tweet tweet <laughs> we love you love you see you next season bye bye